following program is brought to you by Total Theater Online. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the staff or management of WGBB. You're listening to the station that serves your community, 1240 WGBB. And now it's time for Dave's Gone By with David Lefkowitz. There goes the neighborhood. Welcome, everyone, young and old, near and far, here and there, and wherever you are, to Dave's Gone By. An hour of comedy, talk radio, music, and more. Brought to you each week on this radio station, AM 1240 WGBB Freeport and AM 1240 WGBB.com. Thursday nights at 7. And we have a great program for you tonight. At Wait, you know, actually, we don't. Everybody always says that. Letterman, Leno, Conan. Stick around. We've got a great show for you tonight. And they've all done the program four zillion times. Certainly some of those times weren't great. Certainly a few of those episodes flew just under the radar, if you know what I mean. Even a couple of near disasters. But if you watched the top of that particular episode, I'll bet you they said, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a terrific show for you this evening. blah 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 Well, I'm not going to guarantee that. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I know in my bones we have something... Like, you know, a really cool guest, a crazy new segment. And I go for the obvious. I say, hey, everybody stay tuned because it's going to be a great show. And because I'm just so darn good, it almost always is. But tonight, I'm laying off a little. I'm not going to hyperbolize. I'm not going to promise what I potentially can't deliver. It's not going to be a special show. However... That doesn't mean it won't be a good show. Doesn't mean you won't get some decent laughs, a few things to think about, a very entertaining way to spend an hour. I would never let you down on that front. I'm just saying, don't expect stars and spangles and marching elephants and something to tell your grandchildren about when you're 90. Or, if you are 90 already, something you'll mutter to your roommate at the nursing home while they're trying to ignore you and watch Ricky Lake. But what I'm trying to say, in my roundabout way, is that this will be a very prototypical, stereotypical, archetypal edition of Dave's Gone By. Our 77th episode, this one titled Heads Up, and you'll get that reference in a bit, and we have no special guests, no bizarre new segments, just the cool classic stuff we've been doing. All along, like uh, the news gone by. Bunch of stories for you this week in our lopsided look at current events, including Jewish Metro cards, Mexican UFOs, gender-bending athletes, greasy criminals, a Scottish lap dancer, cow pies, and shiny new apples. All that, plus our dark-hearted look at the whole Nicholas Berg thing. We do sometimes get political on this program, and... Few things have been more shocking and galvanizing in the war on both sides than first the Abu Ghraib tortures and humiliations, followed not necessarily directly by the beheading of Nicholas Berg, which the terrorists were thoughtful enough to put on the Internet. I guess they figured that some Internet pornography really should be obscene. No, but we have our own take on the whole tragedy. Prepare to be offended, but you've got to stick around for the news gone by to find out how. And then, later on, I'll be paying tribute to one of the icons, one of the comedy beloved. A week ago, we lost Alan King, and then this past Monday, Tony Randall. So, we have to say a fond and loving farewell 
to this truly amazing personality, Tony Randall. And also on this program, which I remind you is not special, I'm going to tell you about two special guests coming up in the next two weeks. One should be a lot of fun, kind of different and enjoyable. We have a band coming in, small combo. Haven't had one of those in here since Housewives on Prozac back in December. But this is a very different kind of band, but I still think you'll get a kick out of them. More on that anon. And that will be on the June 6th program, by the way. And then next week, May 27th, as I promised last week, big guest. Huge, seriously famous person here. Also musical. Very different era. And um, really something of a legend. Who is it? Still going to keep you in suspense, but I will divulge that later in the program. Or if you want to cheat... You can go to my website, davesgoneby.com. That's www.davesgoneby.com. No apostrophe in there. And check on the upcoming shows. I have it listed. And that URL is also the place to go to see photos of me and some of the guests, to see what we've done on a bunch of previous shows. The whole history of the program is there. And you can buy CDs. You can buy my book, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World. You can learn about advertising on the program more about that later on. I think the site is pretty cool. And of course, the main thing is, if you're listening to the show and the signal is poor, or if you're in a car and you're going to lose us by the time you get to your house or office, try getting Dave's Gone By live online. Just go to davesgoneby.com, click on the Listen Live link, which brings you to the radio station's audio stream, which brings you to the place you can hear this show right through your computer. All the silly talk, smart talk, special talk, and music, just what we do on our great shows, and our near great shows, and our nearly near great shows, which this may be one of, split infinitives and all, that's because Dave I am, Dave Lefkowitz, radio personality, journalist, and humorist, although the humor might get a tinge twisted tonight, so we remind you, as ever, that this program is rated DGB-13, which means under 13, not admitted without radio. So if you feel hinky about your kids listening to some cynical jokes and misanthropic mischief, use your discretion and leave the room. Let the kids have a good time. They'll be fine. Anyway, this will be a fine program, if not a great one, though the potential for greatness is always there. It lurks within all of us on this Thursday evening, May 20th, so stick around. We're going to have a merely okay show for you, but the best darn merely okay show we can possibly do. And it all starts just a minute or so from now. What's playing on Broadway? I'll tell you what's playing on Broadway, and I'll do it by checking Performing Arts Insider. Off-Broadway, off-off-Broadway, off-off-off-Broadway. You keep adding offs, they'll keep adding listings. Who's in the cast? What's it about? Is it good? Can you bring the kids? Performing Arts Insider is the theater guide. Call 516-295-1511, 516-295-1511, or go to TotalTheater.com and click on Performing Arts Insider. And now, the GBB Weekend Medley. Long Island's dating, Friday 6 o'clock. Bonnie D. Graham with lots of singles talk. She takes your phone calls and interviews her guests. Long Island's dating, cause Bonnie is the best. 
Redman Music Show, Mr. Redman Music Show, 7.30 Saturday night, independent music makes you feel alright, on the Redman Music Show, is the place where you should go, Sundays at 7, make sure that you are home, for fast-paced right-wing politics, your world with Joe Salzone, he tries to keep an open mind and sort out what is true, if you like a good debate, then Joe Salzone's for you, Long Island's taking Fridays at 6, Redman Saturdays at 7.30, and Joe Salzone Sundays at 7, make it music to your ears. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By, sponsored by Berkshire Financial Group, the good folks at EasyMoney.com, and courtesy of the good folks at WGBB, AM 1240 Freeport, and AM 1240 WGBB.com. And I'm the good folk bringing you the news gone by on this Thursday, May 20th, 2004. The news gone by is a look at events of the past with New York News and the 9-11 Commission, which has been holding hearings this week about the events leading up to, during, and following the terrorist bombings of September 11th. Now, the Commission is examining the city's crisis management and emergency response times. They're also trying to make sure the police and fire departments have clear chains of command to avoid squabbles over jurisdiction. Squad commanders defended their precincts, and they vowed that to prevent future terrorist attacks, police and firefighters will now work together. In fact, their first order of business is to arrest George Bush, beat a confession out of Dick Cheney, and hose down John Ashcroft. In war news, repercussions are still being felt over the brutality on both sides of the Iraq conflict. Trials and court-martials are now underway for the soldiers and contractors who participated in the lojinks at Abu Ghraib jail. And then, Last week, the Muslims did us one better when they took an American civilian hostage and cut his head off. If that weren't enough, they even outdid us media-wise. Sure, Lindy England and Jeremy Sivitz took a few digital pictures, but the Arabs take their beheading on video and then webcast it worldwide on the Internet. Most people were sickened by the display, none more so than cable TV operators who felt they were cheated out of a pay-per-view bonanza. No, but seriously, television broadcasts showed only the first part of the execution, deeming the rest too brutal for mass consumption. And I agree. Although, let's face it, today's R-rated film is tomorrow's afternoon teenage movie of the week. Tomorrow's extreme violence is next week's video game. So, with that in mind, I'd like to propose to the Arab world that they take a more civilized approach to their murders and terrorism. They don't have to stop telling Muslims to stop oppressing people is like telling schnauzers to stop licking themselves. But I think they'd win over a lot more converts if they added a little refinement to their savagery. Take the edge off their barbarism with a little bonhomie. I mean, look at the United States. What could be more gross and humiliating than people getting facelifts and liposuction? And yet, with a little razzle-dazzle, that's sweet, sweet television. To win a million dollars, people bungee jump, eat cockroaches, lie, and cheat, and betray each other. Under ordinary circumstances, that's sadomasochistic exploitation. Package it right, however, and it's the anchor for your primetime lineup. So with that in mind, here's my little suggestion, my gift to all these Arab terrorists who understand the value of publicity, 
but have a ways to go when it comes to packaging. Imagine then if the whole Nicholas Berg incident, which came off as a kind of primitive, filthy third world ritual, was instead presented like this. Hello? Hello? Where am I? Uh, yes, sir. It's so dark. May I remove your blindfold, sir? Please, yes. Uh, there. Oh, it's so bright. Yes, sir, those would be the lights. The lights? For the video, I hope you don't mind. Without proper lighting, there's really no point. I suppose not, but who are you? My name is Abu Masab al-Zakawi, and I'll be your decapitator this evening. Will you? Yes, sir. Splendid. Uh, thank you, sir. Not to choose my own horn, but I'm known round these parts for the quality of my beheadings. And will you be doing that with a guillotine? No, sir. I'm afraid we're all out of guillotines tonight. We had a party of British tourists yesterday, so it's in the shop. Pity. But we do have an exquisite selection of knives, everything from a fine old scimitar to a sparkling jambia. Do I get to choose? Uh, no, I'm sorry, sir. That's really best left to the killer. But I assure you, sir, I have twenty years of experience in terrorist butchery, so truly there is nothing left to chance. Quite agreed. Wouldn't want to knocking off my head merely halfway. Oh, no, sir. How foolish I'd look with a quarter of my neck still attached, my jugular gushing, my Adam's apple rolling about on the floor like a wayward olive. Oh, no, sir, <laughs> not in this establishment. Oh, capital. It's all impeccably done. You'll scream for a moment... Then you feel a slight pinch starting just under your left ear. And then before you know it, we'll be hacking you to pieces. No pain? Oh, no, sir. We're not savages. And the hacking? Yes, sir. Is that necessary as well? I'm afraid so, sir. Since you're an American, we'll have to make an example of you. Yes, but that Halliburton fellow... Uh, which one, sir? Uh, the one who escaped. Oh, yes. Silly business. But he was allowed to. Well, you know the old saying, sir. A dead American is a dead American. But leave the oil men alone. Ah, I'd never heard that. Yes, it's just common sense, isn't it? Do I get a last meal or a cigarette or anything? Ah, I'm afraid the only cigarettes we have are pure hashish, which will dull the senses to the point where you might as well be at the dentist or at a shopping mall rather than suffering as a, a political scapegoat. No food? I have a carrot. Uh, maybe some couscous? No flame-broiled porterhouse? No duck l'orange? Ah, we are Muslims, sir. Eating meat is a barbaric custom and offends God. Now, would you like us to put a sponge on your lap to soak up the spurting blood? Or would you rather simply have it spill broth-like into a tureen? Um, tureen, please. I've always preferred things au jus. Ah, yes, sir. Oh, speaking of which, you mentioned a Jew. Are you a Jew by any chance? Uh, yes, sir. Circumcised? Bar mitzvah? Won't pick up a check? That sort of thing. Uh, yes. Does that change things? Ah, uh, not greatly. Nothing we can't work around. Excellent. Uh, there will have to be some pain, though. Oh, dear. Yes, we'll use a less sharp knife. And probably pull your flesh apart with our bare hands, rather than let the blade do all the work. And my head? We can go with a simple John the Baptist on a cake plate motif, or something more dramatic. Judith of Bethulia, perhaps. One of your people. No, too ostentatious. Uh, how about American Indian wampum scalpum shomal a horse, one thing? Oh, sir, I have underestimated you, and may I say bravo. Mustafa, 
Be a good man and fetch the Armadina jewel favour, please. Thank you. So, this is it then? Uh, yes, it is, sir. Will there be anything else? No, no, this is quite satisfactory. Oh, thank you, Mustafa. Um... Yes, sir? Do I have to tip you or anything? Make sure the job is... Oh, no, sir. Thank you, but that's not customary. Besides, we've already confiscated your belongings before leaving you here. Ah, since you thought of everything. That's my job, sir. Lovely. All right, um, tape rolling? Yes, sir. Begin whenever you wish. And may I just say, it's been a pleasure having you as a victim this evening. Oh, please. No, I mean it. You'd be astonished how many people come through here squealing and sniveling and pleading for mercy. Oh, that's just bad form. Isn't it? I say, for people with such a robust history, you Westerners can be so timorous. No offense. None taken. Quite all right. Thank you, sir. Whenever you're ready. <coughs> My name is Nick Berg. My father's name is Michael. My mother's name is Suzanne. I have a brother and sister, David and Sarah. Um, should I scream now? Yes, sir. Rightio. Yes, please send your hate mail and anthrax samples to Dave's Gone By, Box 62, Ulet, New York. Okay, continuing the news gone by with local news... Well, for once, I come not to bury the Metropolitan Transit Authority, but to praise it. The New York Post reported last week that in seven Brooklyn subway stations, the MTA has added new software to its MetroCard machines. All the stations are in predominantly Jewish neighborhoods, and the software now allows commuters to make their transactions in Yiddish. Not surprisingly, Assemblyman Dov Heikind was behind the plan. He convinced the MTA that, far from being a dead language, Yiddish is in full force again, thanks to the Orthodox community. They're still tinkering with the software to allow users not only to buy tickets, but to haggle over the price. No, I'm just kidding, but reaction to the more kosher machines was, of course, positive in the community. One commuter told the New York Post the machines used basic Yiddish, although he added, quote, You know how Yiddish is. It's slightly different depending on where you're from. But I'm just happy that someone was thinking of us, unquote, which is such a sweet attitude, as is the reaction of another man who told the Post, quote, this is going to be a big deal for the people, unquote. And the beauty of that statement is that the man who made it would not give his name. I love that. That is so Jewish. Here he is being interviewed about something as innocuous as a ticket machine. There's no politics. He wasn't a witness to a crime. There's no census information given. It's just, what do you think of a vending machine? And he's very complimentary. He says, oh, I think it's great for the community. But, sir, can we publish your name? No, no, I don't want to get involved. The Nazis, they could still be out there. We have Schwarzes in the next town that could see my name, figure out where I live, follow me, hit me on the head, take my $8 and spend it on their crack. I, I, maybe I've already said too much. Can you take out the uh, community part? I, why do they hate us? Why do they hate us? Speaking of Jews, last Saturday was the 56th anniversary of the founding of the State of Israel, and it was marked with the same war and turmoil as nearly every other day over there. Israelis were burying their dead from violent attacks. Palestinians were watching their homes demolished from the Gaza Strip. To mark the occasion, Yasser Arafat gave a speech saying that he was ready to make peace with Israel 
while at the same time he cited the Koran and called on his people to, quote, terrorize her enemy. Well, gee, no, sir, Yasser. And you wonder why Ariel Sharon keeps saying we think Yasser Arafat could be helpful to negotiations over Arab land, but much more helpful if he were buried under it. Here's one more from the New York Post's weird but true column. To raise money for new equipment, Tennessee's Jefferson County High School football team is selling raffle tickets to a special sporting event. Each ticket has a code that matches up to a small square area of the football field. At the big event, they're going to let a cow on the field. He's going to roam around, and then wherever it goes to the bathroom, that's the winning ticket. I think it's a wonderful idea, and so much better than our local sports raffles, like last year's sweepstakes at Methum High School, where they let a nerd wander through the locker rooms and bet on which varsity player would sodomize him first. And another story from the same weird but true column. A drunken lap dancer sparked a terror scare when she sneaked on board an empty airplane in Aberdeen, Scotland. The woman had just broken up with her boyfriend when she scaled the fence of an airport, walked past security guards, and climbed into the cockpit of a private jet. I was just trying to find a place to spend the night, she said. The goofy part is the 22-year-old woman was wearing nothing but a G-string, which makes you wonder, A, how could the security guards not notice her, and B, how could she spark a terror scare? After all, where would she put a bomb? My guess is that she misread the name on the aircraft. It was an old jet from TWA, and she thought the W was an and. In news of the... I don't even know how to categorize this. Roger Chamberlain of McLean, Virginia, was staying in a Motel 6 in Binghamton, and then he moved to a different motel. This would be no big deal to anyone, except when the Motel 6 maids came in to clean, they discovered that everything in Chamberlain's room was smeared with Vaseline. I mean, everything. Mattresses, bedding, the TV, carpeting, towels, slathered, top to bottom, with Vaseline goo. Authorities then went looking for Chamberlain and found him fairly easily because he himself was glimmering head to foot in petroleum jelly. Searching the first room, police found 14 empty jars of Vaseline and several pornographic magazines. Chamberlain was then charged with felony criminal mischief for causing more than $1,000 worth of damage. He spent the night in prison where he was sodomized repeatedly, but apparently he didn't feel a thing. Wow, two sodomy jokes in one segment. And I told you this wouldn't be a special show. And hey, we have two different stories about the criminal use of goop. Oklahoma police are looking for bandits who made off with 5,000 pounds of grease. The robbers stole used grease and cooking oil from three restaurants, Mexican, Chinese, and a steakhouse. Apparently, the eateries would have sold the old grease to a recycling company for about 400 bucks. So, one assumes the thieves will do the same thing. Still, a police spokesperson said, that's a lot of effort to steal a relatively inexpensive byproduct. And she added, quote, it would be a big chore to haul that smelly stuff away, but they did make a slick getaway, ha ha ha, unquote. I say, considering how limited their options of reselling 5,000 pounds of Mazzola would be, I think it would be no problem catching them. The only problem is, how do you make the charges stick? Yes, yes, yes. It's the return of the comedy bell. The bell 
that signals that Dave's gone by, bad pun of the week. Every week we make a play on words so slippery, so corny, that we get up only in the morning to ring the comedy bell. Well, it's, we do this also to remind you that Dave's Gone By is the place to advertise your product, event, or service. It's a primetime show. People listen all over Long Island, the tri-state area, all over the country by a live streaming audio on the Internet. And those listeners tune in every Thursday at 7 to hear what I have to say. And if what I have to say includes your company, your business, well, they'll hear that too. Sure, you can take out print ads, spend a lot of money, and hope people won't just glance over your advertisement and turn the page. You can put flyers on windshields and annoy people, or do fancy direct mailings that have a response rate not even worth the expense. Or, you can put your message on here, on this show, and get people listening. There's no guarantee they're not in the bathroom. They might hear me start a commercial and run to make some applesauce or maybe get some apple juice from the fridge, but it's possible they can still hear the radio in the bathroom, in the kitchen, and it's even more likely that people are in their cars or just sitting there listening, not minding the commercials because I try to make them interesting and funny. And when people are ready to buy what you're selling, they will come to you because this show sent them there. Advertising on Dave's Gone By works on three principles. Repetition, humor, and repetition. It's also easy, cost-effective, and just plain effective. Ads are available at 30 or 60 seconds, or you can sponsor a segment like the News Gone By or the World Weird Web. So don't miss this opportunity to catch my listeners. Call 516-295-1511. For all the details, 516-295-1511, or email davesgoneby at aol.com, or see the ad rates at my website, davesgoneby.com. All the prices and discounts are up there for everyone to see. No shenanigans, no confusion, just great prices for a good deal. And don't forget, for added value, we can include your link or banner or ad on our website, and we can mention you in our weekly emails. So many me- methods. Blah, blah, I've got to we'll work on these lips. So many methods to mention your message. 516-295-1511 or days gone by at AOL.com. So this time next week, when that little bell rings, it could be tolling for thee. Just the way it jingles and jangles for the days gone by, bad pun of the week. Don't be good. Be ponderful. Well, continuing the news gone by with science news, here's a puzzler. Mexican Air Force pilots used an infrared camera to videotape something strange they saw in the sky flying 11,000 feet over Campeche. The footage basically looks like 11 bright headlights traveling in formation following the Mexican military jet. It wasn't another plane. It wasn't 11 missiles. There wasn't 11 lost albino pigeons. Right now, the lights are being classified as unidentified flying objects. Authorities are postulating lots of theories about the objects, but still don't have a rational explanation. UFOs are believed to be of Mexican origin, however. They can tell because the lights fly over Mexico every night, but they swim to Chula Vista every morning. In health news, beware the lonely cicada. Yes, those seemingly harmless, ugly bugs have been causing all sorts of havoc. 
Even though their season just started, even though they don't fight, they don't sting, they don't attack, they don't even swarm. They just make a lot of noise and leave their shells all over the place. However, according to Dr. Ray Baker at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, the last time we had such a big cicada season, he himself counted 12 cicada-related accidents involving kids. For example, one girl fell off her bike while fleeing a flying cicada. A young boy tried to swat a cicada out of the air with a baseball bat, but instead he hit his friend on the nose. Oh yeah, good excuse. How long did the little brat take to think of that one? And then another kid hurt his hand trying to squish a cicada under a car's tires. All the injuries were related to children trying to get away from these big flying insects. Dr. Baker admits, quote, they do freak people out. They're big, bigger than most other flying things, and they don't have any tremendous purpose in which direction they're flying, unquote. And so, you get a lot of kids falling off bicycles. One child hit his head on a brick wall when he was running away from a cicada. Another kid tried to kick one under a lawnmower and cut his foot. And yes, there's that kid who got his hand crushed when he tried to put a cicada under the wheels of a moving car. Which makes you wonder if God put cicadas on this earth as part of the laws of natural selection, not for the insects themselves, but for the mongoloid children they're helping weed out. In celebrity news, congratulations to Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband Chris Martin, lead singer of the band Coldplay. Last Friday, Gwyneth gave birth to a 9-pound, 11-ounce baby girl, which they named Apple. Both parents are thrilled that the baby's healthy, although no word on whether it's Gwyneth or Chris will have to deal with the apple sauce. On the plus side, thanks to her pregnancy with Apple, for the first time in her career, Gwyneth Paltrow now has a pair. In computer news, the Federal Trade Commission has ruled that advertisers must slap a warning label on sexually explicit spam. By law, this alert must appear directly under the other caution that reads, Warning, not really meat. And finally, in the news gone by, Ah, times they are a-changing. Same-sex couples are getting married in Boston, and now transsexuals are officially allowed to compete in the Olympics. Officials have given the green light to men who have become women and women who have become men to take part in the quadra-annual event. Critics argued that trans athletes have an unfair advantage, especially women who were once men since they were born with more testosterone and muscle. But doctors counter that this edge is neutralized by the necessary surgeries and hormone replacements. Still no word, however, on what will be done with trans-politicals who want to participate. That's a growing phenomenon. Trans-politicals, of course, are Republicans who used to be human. And that's the news gone by for May 20th, 2004. Please send your comments, opinions, and detachable Olympic torches to Dave's Gone By, P.O. Box 62. Hewlett, New York, 11557-0062. Dave's gone by, Box 62, Hewlett, New York, 11557-0062. And if you want to hear older versions of the news gone by, remember that they are now available on CD and audio cassette. They're lots of fun. You know, if you like books on tape or if you're planning a long drive over the summer or you need some fun airplane listening, you really can't go wrong with a vintage episode of Days Gone By. $12 for cassettes, $14 for CDs, postage included. 
And if you add an extra dollar, I'll personally autograph the cover. Davesgoneby.com is the website for all that information. And any information you want to tell me, just email davesgoneby at AOL.com. We reserve the right to read any comments you make on the air, name withheld upon request. So, send me suggestions, positive feedback, negative impressions, whatever you feel. But please, no stolen grease. I'm already fried. Back after this. I need more Dave! Oh, I hear that all the time. Once a week is not enough. But you can get all the Dave you want on CD. Dozens of complete episodes, just $14 per disc, shipping and handling included. And one more dollar for a personal autograph. Dave's Gone By CDs come with jewel cases, photos, liner notes, makes a great gift. So, for more info, check our website or email davesgoneby at aol.com and ask for the CD list. Thanks, Dave! Oh, Super Mortgage Man, won't you come to my aid? What is it, little Bertha? Monthly payments got you down? Oh, yes, I'm still paying 9% on my house. Holy reply, little Bertha. Why not just open a vein? I know, Super Mortgage Man. Not only that, my parents want to buy a condo, but there are so many ads and they get so confused. I know, little Bertha. Old people are like that, but... Why did you summon me for my vacation? What else could I do? You don't need a superhero. Just call Berkshire Financial Group. Berkey, who do you want? Shut up, little Bertha. Berkshire Financial Group on the web at easymoney.com. Mortgages, home equity loans, free financing. They do it right, they do it with care, and always with integrity, just like Super Mortgage Man. But are they licensed? Of course they are, you ninny. By banking departments in New York State, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Gosh, they sound important. Important. Maybe we don't qualify. Humility does not become you, little Bertha. In fact, it renders you obnoxious. And if you'd only check easymoney.com, you'd see they specialize in tough cases, tailoring programs to fit your needs. You can even try their online mortgage calculator. My parents don't know from computers. Uh, can they use a telephone? Why, sure. Well, then give them this number, 866-500-5055. Is that long distance? No, it's toll-free, okay? 866-500-5055. Uh, could you repeat that? 866-500-5055. Golly gee, super mortgage man. Is there anything else before I get back to my luau? What was that number again? Get it! I don't know how Batman stands it. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By on AM 1240WGBB Freeport and AM 1240WGBB.com. segment is called Dave Remembers, and we dedicate it to folks in the world, usually of the arts, who made an impact, a specific one, a special one, and uh, don't want to just let them go without acknowledging how terrific and special they were. Well, we lost a very special one this week when Tony Randall, died on uh, Monday, May 16th. He was 84 years old and had been ailing for a little while. He had pneumonia that he caught after a heart bypass operation back last December. But the odd thing, of course, about Tony was before that, it wasn't that he was the picture of health. You could see that he was getting older. He had gotten bald. He had gotten a little stooped. And um, when he was on stage, sometimes he'd be a little shaky with his lines or look tired. But he was essentially tireless since, certainly since I've known his work, and probably since he first started back in the 40s. Well, he actually started in, I think, 1920, born Leonard Rosenberg in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I always wondered 
when I was growing up, if he was Jewish, he seemed Jewish, but there, there was always, there was never any real acknowledgement of that. And then when you go back and you think about something like The Odd Couple, between him and Jack Klugman and Neil Simon and the writers for that show, it really was such a, a Jewish-oriented and flavored program. And, and that was Tony, or should I say Leonard. He went to um, Northwestern University in Chicago before striking out for New York at age 19. And his first Broadway show was a long time ago. It was in 1941. He did A Circle of Chalk, which I don't know if it was also a, a Caucasian chalk circle, the Brecht play, or something completely different. And he was going to be in another Broadway show in 42, but the Army called, and he did a stint in the Signal Corps, where he made it to the rank of lieutenant. And then, getting back to New York, started doing all sorts of live television and radio, and developed that persona, which made him a, a classic fuss budget, a persnickety fellow in the movies and on TV. Uh, Mr. Peepers is not quite, not nearly as, as well-known or remembered as The Odd Couple, but that was also very popular and beloved cult comedy of its time with uh, Wally Cox and, and Tony Randall. And then, of course, of course, there was The Odd Couple. And as a television show that is so great, we don't even just remember the terrific episodes. We remember moments, under moments, like the beauty of the courtroom scene. You remember that one where uh, they make an assumption and Felix Unger, defending himself, of course, says, aha, when you assume you make an ass of you and me, you know, circling the letters. You can see it right now, as I, I tell it, of course. Or um, the episode where Oscar saves Felix's life and... Uh, one of the things he does in recompense is blow up a giant poster of himself with just his huge head and a word balloon saying, thanks, and can you or can you not picture the expression on Felix's face on that poster? I'll bet you can. And, um, oh, and the way he sang happy and peppy and bursting with love, or, of course, that incredible episode where Oscar goes on a talk show and he's really nervous and fumbling and doing badly until... He starts talking about Felix and Felix's neurotic obsession with cleaning. So Oscar becomes a big hit on the show. The only problem is, in doing so, this turns Felix into a big laughingstock of a neat freak. And Felix goes into a tirade that only Tony Randall could deliver so magnificently. He's like, an old man in New Jersey wants me to come out and bathe him. The whole world thinks I'm a neurotic madman, and I'm going to kill you for that. The chemistry between... Tony Randall and Jack Klugman, beyond compare. And, of course, their ongoing friendship in real life that resulted from that show. It was Randall who coaxed Jack Klugman back onto the stage after he had throat cancer. This was a few years ago. And, and Klugman, aside from just having to heal, he had no voice. I would talk like this. You know, he made um, Harvey Firestein sound like uh, Luciano Pavarotti. And yet, Randall said... Not only are you going to get better, you're going to get better because you have to be in a show that uh, I'm producing or directing. And, you know, Klugman did. That was perhaps Randall's biggest mitzvah. He made Jack Klugman get up there and scream. Ah! And he didn't hurt his throat. It was actually good for it. And they did special benefits of The Odd Couple. And they did together the last Broadway revival of The Sunshine Boys, which was just delightful. And... 
Randall's Brooklyn accent was a little strange to hear. I, I wasn't terribly convincing. He, when he'd say the word Bernie, he'd say, I'm a Boyney, and the Boyds are on the trees. That was his only mistake. Otherwise, it was a terrific revival. And it made me wonder, I don't think, um, I don't think Tony Randall was a great actor, but he was a tremendous comic actor and personality. Saw him a bunch of times on Broadway in the theater, um, such as in M. Butterfly. After John Lithgow left the role, he took over, and he did a fine job, but wasn't quite as memorable, maybe because he wasn't the originator. That's always tough to come in when, when someone else has made the role their own. Also saw him do uh, the farce A Little Hotel on the Side. Funny and just fine. Then again, he wasn't perfect. He directed a production of Gibson's The Master Builder, which was just horrendous. But, you know, he was the impetus behind all these things because they were coming out of his theater. And I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, one of the most interesting Tony Randall stories that I've got was, wasn't supposed to involve him. His theater company, the National Actors Theater, was producing a revival of Inherit the Wind. And what was special about it was they got George C. Scott to play um, the lawyer. And, um, you know, this was, Scott is, or was one of the towering actors of the American stage. You didn't even see his mightiness in the movies, even in Patton and stuff like that. But on stage, he was just a force to be reckoned with. And so, we're watching it, and he's an old, sick man at this point. I mean, he had been fighting death like a year before that, came back, and he had all, you know, the drinking stories before that, and uh, life lived hard, but he was up there, and he was dynamic and so powerful, even though you could see he was struggling, and he had a, a head cold as well, and he was probably sitting down more than um, he normally would with the blocking of the play. So it's going on, and it's really exciting, and he gets into the, late into the second act, and then George C. Scott says, um, I, I think I'd better take a rest for a while. And he nods to a couple of the other actors on the stage, and they sort of help him walk off. And you know how it is. At first, you don't know if that's the character or, or the actor, but then you know all the actors on stage are, are kind of crowding around, not knowing what to do. The audience is buzzing. And then there's about a five-minute break while we're all waiting. There's only about less than ten minutes left in the show. So as we're waiting to find out if the show's canceled, if Percy Scott has collapsed and died backstage, suddenly outbounds Tony Randall, script in hand, uh, you know, in a suit, not really a costume, and, and he just says, okay, we're, we're just going to keep it going, keep it going, because that's the way theater is. You know, the show must go on in, in its way. And he did, and he started reading, along with the rest of the cast, who, who were still performing, the rest of the production, and he finished out the show, which was, of course, a little bit odd. You know, you expect George C. Scott, and then getting Tony Randall is a little like going on the Audubon in a Lamborghini, and then finishing the last mile in a high-end Chevy. It's perfectly acceptable, but not quite the same. But then at the end, he said, oh, you know, George C. Scott is fine, he just has a cold, he'll be okay. But, uh, you know, strange, strange moment to see Randall bound out there and continue the show. Um, his last performance was less than a year ago. He was doing Luigi Pirandello's Right You Are, again, for the Nat National Actors Theatre, which, as I said before, was his baby. His question for all those years was, why doesn't America have a national theater like the U.K. does, like Greece does? He said there should be a permanent home 
for the classical repertory, maybe for the occasional new play, um, to make this country truly an artistic place. And to finance all this, I mean, this burning idea he had, I mean, he did those potato chip commercials, all the money from those went to finance the theater. He did a zillion appearances on David Letterman to help finance the theater. Now, sure, this was a combination of personal ego to build this thing, but also of pure, unadulterated love for live theater, which is what every great producer and mogul must have. But anyway, I want to just remember a few more Randall stories and that great Randall persona. It was so ingrained and so fun to watch. And, you know, I have to admit, everybody basically assumed that he was gay. You know, he had that whole affect and personality. It didn't matter to me, but it was always surprising to realize that he was married for like 50 years to the same woman. Okay, you figure that's uh, some kind of Hollywood marriage, perhaps. But a few years after she died in the 1990s, he married another woman, very attractive lady in her 30s. Uh, she gave him two children when he was in his 70s. And I remember him going on Letterman and explaining the attraction and, and in his Unger-esque way, a little naughtier than Unger-esque, he would say, yes, I like breasts, big ones. <laughs> and it just caught the audience off guard and we just were like, yay. Um, oh, well, another Tony Randall story. Friends of friends saw him. He was en route to somewhere, and he was waiting, I guess, in between flights and nodding off in an airport. And they saw him sitting in a chair, and they were staring, and they weren't sure because he was a little older and a little hunched. But, um, you know, they looked at him and finally said, hey, you're Tony Randall. And Tony just, just gives him this eye, and he looks and he says, you woke me up to tell me I'm Tony Randall. Thank you. <laughs> in that great way that he has. Um, but I also remember him signing autographs after he was ending, or, or he was in M. Butterfly. And he was chatting up some old matinee blue hair ladies, telling them, were you fooled by the ending? <laughs> this was a cute way of him being him. You know, the cliche is that our works live on after us, after we die. So we'll watch those reruns of The Odd Couple and, and see if nearly every episode doesn't merit being part of some kind of comedy pantheon. And maybe despite all the financial woes that beset it in its first years when the National Actors Theater was, was trying to get up on its feet, maybe they'll find a permanent home now and truly become our version of a national theater. And maybe Tony Randall went up to heaven this week and God took one look at him and said, Oh, Tony, you have done so much on earth to give so many people joy now it's time to rest. And Randall looks around and says, Are you serious? Look at the dust on those wings. Look at the schmutz on those gates. And must you play that god-awful harp music instead of Verdi? Oh, God, God, God. And God won't mind, because he'll be happy and peppy and bursting with love. Back after this. Sir, what are you doing? Nothing. Are you photocopying your butt? Yeah, isn't it cool? I want to send lots of copies. Not in a public library. I know, it's so expensive here, 25 cents a cheek. No, I mean, 
Why not go to Hewlett Minuteman Press? Hewlett Minuteman Press? 1315 Broadway in Hewlett. They can make copies, they can laminate it, print it in a booklet, put it on a mug. My ass on a mug. Wow. Call 516-569-5577. 516-569-5577. And hey, stop it. You can't copy that. But what do I put on the other side of the mug? By now, I hope you've all had a chance to try the Tondor Grill Indian Restaurant in Rockville Center and its delicious appetizers and main courses of lamb, chicken, and fish. Now it's time to bring 300 of your friends, because downstairs they've opened the Bollywood Lounge, perfect for catering and parties. The Tondor Grill, 222 Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center, 516-766-4440. See the Indialicious menu at tondorgrill.com. episode of Dave's Gone By from a band that we'll be hearing about in just a moment or two. Have a couple more minutes in this episode and uh, going to use them to do a lot of housekeeping. Basically, keep up, keep tabs on folks who've either been on this show or are about to be. First of all, as far as the uh, folks who have appeared on Dave's Gone By, I want to give a shout out to Jamie DeRoy. She was on a few weeks ago. This is the cabaret doyen and, and kind of an icon almost in that field. She, as she said on the show, has once a month a cabaret review evening featuring not only herself, but um, a bunch of other cabaret singers and stars and comedians and variety people. They're a lot of fun, apparently. So catch the next one, which is at Dillon's, 245 West 54th Street. The number for tickets, 212-307-9797. And the reason you'll want to get tickets are um, is... And some of her guests include Joey Callahan, Goldie DeVere, Anya Turner, Monteith, and Rand. They've been around for a lot of years, making a comeback now, doing their, their special brand of comedy. And for a special brand of music, Toxic Audio. They have an off-Broadway show that I saw called Loudmouth. And uh, some of it is just really cool, interesting singing and the harmonies that they do and, and the, the cool stuff that they do with amplification. But their comedy is absolutely hysterically funny. I don't have time to talk about it now, but if you get to see them in person, that's pretty special. You can either go to their show or catch them as part of the bill at Dillon's, 245 West 54th Street, 212-307-9797. I forgot to write down the date, but I think it's the last something 
of every month, so there's one coming up real, real soon. $20 cover charge, $10 minimum, so even with tips and stuff, you're still getting out at half the price of a Broadway show. Uh, I want to give a shout-out also to Todd Robbins. Just saw him the other day. He was nominated for a Drama Desk Award for Unique Theatrical Experience for his off-Broadway show, Comedy, uh, excuse me, Carnival Knowledge which has been running for over half a year now, I think. And Todd was on the show, I hope you'll remember, talking about carnies and freaks and the strange things he does, like eating fire and chewing glass and putting things up his nose. Uh, Todd Robbins did not win the award. He lost to Toxic Audio, of all people. But it was very nice to see him and do catch his show, which is still running downtown. Now, as to upcoming stuff, well, we opened... This segment a few moments ago with some music, kind of moody, acoustical, almost grungy sort of stuff, from a band called One Last November, and uh, it's fronted by a lead singer and songwriter named Soda. Yep, that is his name, S-O-D-A, and uh, I asked him about how he got that name, and there's another member of the band, Jordan. So they're going to join us here, play some music, all acoustic. Uh, we'll also have something off their CD. It's kind of a four-song, I guess they're still call it an EP. Um, ask them about how they're doing because they're a Long Island independent band. This is not just some another New York downtown grungy band or someplace, some group that came from another part of the country and migrated to New York. No, these are island boys who have come here and are staying here and trying to make it as an independent duo. And also Soga has a couple of other bands, like His Mighty Robot and his own solo act that he's been working on. He was just very nice and very persistent in trying to get on our program, and uh, he wore me down. He sent me some stuff, and it sounded interesting, and uh, seemed like a real nice fella. So, yeah, they're coming on the show, not next week. Listen to them on June 3rd. That's when they're going to be here. Next week, we have another guy, another single musician. You may have heard of him, but uh, just in case you haven't, here's, um, well, here's a sample of something he wrote and sang.
Yes, he wrote that. Actually, he co-wrote that song and a bunch of others. And that is the one and only Neil Sedaka, and he's going to be our guest in the neighborhood next week. That's May 27th. So don't miss it. I, I mean it. It's it's all set. I'm thrilled. Quite honestly, no offense to a lot of the other stars who've appeared on this show, but certainly the most famous person we've had since we've been on the air since last October. So, yay! Neil Sedaka, tell your grandparents, tell your parents, and tell your kids, tell everybody. He's going to be on Dave's Gone By next week, May 27th. I just have one more minute with you on this Thursday evening. Enough time to thank so many wonderful people, including the folks at Hewlett Minuteman Press for printing and copying, the Tondor Grill in Rockville Center for eating and enjoying, and our sponsor, Berkshire Financial Group, for moneying and mortgaging. Oh, and make sure you keep your radio tuned to WGBB all weekend long so you can listen to three other cool shows working backwards. They're my good friend Joe Salzone, Sunday nights at 7 and 11, the Mr. Red Man Music Show, Saturday nights 7.30 to 9, and Bonnie D. Graham hosting Long Island's Dating, Fridays at 6. I want to thank my good friend Jeff for helping out on some of the skits here tonight, and thank you also. And thank, as ever, my wife, Joyce, who is my comfort, my co-conspirator, and confidant. And thank all of you for listening. Now, the next two weeks, as I said, big fun special shows. See, now I can promise great special shows. So tune in next week, May 27th at 7 p.m. for our 78th episode, My Yiddish Sadaka. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. Good night. Unger Woo. And gone by.
sleep, baby. 